0: What's up, Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs of Locked on Dolphins. It is not a victory Monday by any means here. Exiting Week 17, the Dolphins losing to the Tennessee Titans by a final score of 34-3. to three. We'll talk about what happened and where the Dolphins go from here on today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are locked on Dolphins. Your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now that's what I call yikes. What's up Dolphins fans? This is Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins and the Dolphins fell to 8-8 in week 17 because of course they did. Why would they not? By a final score of 34-3 getting waxed by the AFC South champion, and now number one seed in the AFC, uh, Tennessee Titans with one game left to play. And, um, kind of processing this game is pretty tough, right? You, you don't leave a game like this feeling good about a lot of things, if anything at all, quite frankly. And, um, You know, Miami, their opening possession on offense looked promising. They got flagged for a legal man downfield. Austin Jackson kind of blew up a play. And from there, it was just a disaster, a complete disaster uh, in every facet for Miami. Defensively, Tennessee got after in the run game. Ryan Tannehill, we made all this to do, or not we. There was much made to do in the buildup this week about Tannehill versus Tua and Tannehill revenge game. Ryan Tannehill had a pretty cush day, if we're being honest. Tannehill was 13 of 18 for 120 yards passing. Didn't have to do a whole lot of anything uh, because the Dolphins made life pretty easy on him. The Dolphins crushed on third downs, the Dolphins crushed on the turnover differential. Uh, The first quarter from Tua Tonga-Valoa this week was uh, John Beck-esque, missing wide-open players. An unforced fumble where the ball slipped out of his hand and set Tennessee up for a free three points. And, of course, we all know the narrative around Tua, the questions around Tua. This is going to be a really uh, pressing question this offseason for Miami, who at 8-8 with the Raiders winning, Forget about the playoffs. You know, I'm I'm recording this in the immediate aftermath of the game, so I don't know if the Chargers won or not. And if the Chargers won on Sunday against the Broncos, playoffs are out of the question anyway. But I, I want everybody listening to this podcast, forget about the playoffs. Your playoffs was trying to dig your way out of a 1-7 and seven stretch. And to be fair to Miami, seven straight wins, which is the longest winning streak this team has had since, I believe, 85, was one hell of a ride. It was a lot of fun. But the warts and the shortcomings and the issues with this team, they all tallied up, and there were too many variables to overcome. Titans had twice as much rest coming into this game. Titans were at home. Titans were the better team. The Titans could run the football. The Dolphins had a bunch of unforced errors, giving the ball away. Unforced at times. Miami trying to claw out of one and seven. You can't start one and seven and make the playoffs. So I I don't really care about the playoffs. There are things I'm hoping to see next week against the new England Patriots, a pathway to the playoffs. Forget about it. This team's not ready still. And I know there's going to be a bunch of frustrated Dolphins fans and I'm frustrated too. I'm going to be completely honest. There's a bunch of frustrated Dolphins fans that say, Oh, Same old Dolphins, blow this thing up. And I'm not at blow it up stage. But, coming back to my original point, one of the primary questions around this team is the team's commitment to the quarterback. And if you were not supportive of Tua Tongvaloa, or if you did not believe in Tua Tongvaloa, you're going to come out of this game and you're going to have a lot of ammunition to work with. And I don't know where I stand. I think the perfect way to, to describe where I stand regarding Tua is in limbo. I've seen improvements from him. But we got, out of the bye, we got two minus B-C+, plus C games, and then today would be like a G. Not even an F. Today was brutal for Tua. Sunday, Week 17, the Titans game, brutal. Giving the ball away, just losing the ball, missing numerous wide-open receivers. Looking really limited, and I think what's most concerning, Week 17, last year, cold weather game, inclement weather, Buffalo. You got shellacked. Two didn't play well. Week 17 this year, inclement weather, cold weather. Playing a top seed in the AFC, and the Dolphins got lit up and offensively could not do anything. And I know there were receivers drops and there were bad calls by the officials. Devontae Parker got tackled in the red zone by Jack rabbit. And they didn't call a a defensive pass interference so much. So on fourth down that he gave the the ref such an earful that there was a flag. And it just happened to be on Devontae Parker for giving the ref an earful for being freaking blind. The refs didn't lose this game for the Dolphins though. At the end of the day, Tennessee, you tip the cap. They're a better team as Miami tried to make a couple things happen S- situationally to climb back into the football game. They end up getting outscored in the fourth quarter by a score of 17 to nothing to take a 17 to 3 deficit and turn it into the final score of 34 to 3. But man, if you were pro Tua Valoa coming into this game, and we all should have been rooting for Tua Valoa, regardless of whether or not you thought he was the answer because he was the Dolphins quarterback, right? If you were pro-Tua, this is a hard pill to swallow. And if you were against the idea of Tua Tagovailoa being the, the Dolphins quarterback long term, you got a lot to work with, with this game. This might have been the worst game Tua's played. And Miami couldn't afford it. And you knew on the first possession, when he missed Mac Hollins, and Mac was relatively close to wide open, and Tua rolling to his play side, Misses him. You can't miss those. He missed Waddle down the field. He missed Parker down the field. And I'm not going to sit here and beat the the two horse to death. But it's worth acknowledging here early on in today's show that um, I've wanted to buy in. And I have seen growth and development. But for a team that quite clearly wasn't all the way in, a game like this, is going to be a hard game to forget this offseason. And Miami, coming back and getting to an 8-7 and record after a 1-7 and start, I'd be really surprised if Chris Greer's in the unemployment line. I'd be really surprised if Brian Flores is in the unemployment line. But there's some hard questions that have to be asked from both a personnel and a coaching perspective on that side of the football that are going to be hard to answer. And I'm telling you, the easiest answer Is going to be go get a different player to play the most important position on the unit. It's going to be a really, really long offseason in that regard, especially again, you know, Miami in control of their own destiny for the second straight year in week 17. And I understand we still got an extra game to play this week or this year versus last year, but completely outclassed in a must have it situation. This one doesn't sting. As badly for the sense that, you know, we were kind of playing with house money with the way that this season started versus the way it unfolded versus the way it went down the back half. And you're still going to have a lot of momentum. Based on the way the season closed, depending on how next week against New England goes and New England clinched the playoff spot, they will technically be playing for a division title, uh, but the Buffalo Bills have the tiebreaker and they're playing the New York Jets. So we might not even get New England's best shot. It's hard to say. We'll worry about that in the days to come. Get a sense of where the Patriots' head is at. Not that it matters. You as Miami, you should want to face the Patriots, and you should want to win the game. There's a lot to be achieved with the game this weekend upcoming, and we're going to talk about what Week 18 can bring and where the Dolphins go from here. Uh, But not before. We all know Week 17. Has tasted pretty bad road games in cold weather for the last two years. Tastes awful, actually. But what doesn't taste awful is Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They got 100% chocolate on all their bars. They are chef's kiss, absolutely delicious, unlike the Dolphins on the Road in week 17 the last two years. Right now, you can visit built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. That's built.com. Promo code live fifteen to save fifteen percent off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So, from here, a couple of things I would like to see from the Dolphins. I desperately still want to get a win in Week 18 against the Patriots because Miami is still going to have an opportunity to secure a winning season, which should not be taken for granted amidst a one and seven start. No, you dug yourself way too big of a hole to come out of for the postseason because I, I hate to be the bear of bad news, but if you would have beaten two out of three between the Raiders, the Jaguars, and the Falcons, you're a 10 and six right now. You've clinched a playoff spot and you're perfectly fine. And some of that, the Raiders game comes back to your starting quarterback was hurt. I get it. It's out of your control. But that was something on his resume that was a question mark. If you beat the Falcons or the Ra- uh, the Jaguars, if your offensive structure was more nuanced, if your short yardage back could get a yard, if you decided to punt and took that game to overtime against Jacksonville, if your defense could get a stop and didn't give up a big completion to Kyle Pitts in the final minute of the game against Davian Howard, No shortage of ifs, ands, or buts that could have gone differently for Miami. And I get it. We are a tortured franchise and a tortured fan base in this regard. You can play this game every year, right? And nobody wants to sit here and listen to consolation prizes or uh, me crafting up silver linings right now. But Miami still being able to go out and claim a winning season is not something that I would overlook given the fact that the team has not had consecutive winning seasons since 2002. It's been 20 years. Consecutive winning seasons. That's still something to play for. Additionally, I want to see how this team responds against New England uh, when they're given this adversity and you're at the end of the road, right? Forget playoffs. But if you're the Miami Dolphins and you start at 1-7, and you rip off seven straight wins, you get your ass kicked by the Tennessee Titans. You're at home, one last ride. What are you going to do? Are you going to show up? Are you going to play with pride? Are you going to continue to buy the message that's been sold to you? Or are you going to pack up shop, go through the motions this week, and subsequently get your ass kicked again next week by the Patriots? I'll be watching closely. I'll be fascinated to know. I am uh, selfishly rooting for some individual player accolades and thresholds. I think about Jalen Waddle, and he's on the cusp of both the rookie reception record uh, and a 1,000-yard season, which is not something that I would overlook either for the sake of Jalen Waddle and his accolades. Uh, He caught three passes for 47 yards. He came in with 96 and 941. Uh, So he is now at 99 and 989. So he needs three catches and 11 yards for the rookie reception record and a thousand yards on the season. I want to see him get that very much. So Uh, I'm hoping in a renewed script, you can, feed Duke Johnson a little bit more and let's see what he does with this opportunity. Miami's running back situation is wide open this off season. I'm not married to anybody. Not married to a single soul and how nuanced that gets, um, is going to, I think in part be helped or hurt by who does what with the opportunities they are going to come against the Patriots. Um, um, I thought, relatively speaking, the offensive line bounced back in a nice way against the Titans. be continuing to evaluate uh, those young offensive linemen, hoping to see, A, a better performance than what week one showed against the Patriots, but also uh, following up what was a relatively strong performance while the game was competitive um, throughout the vast majority of this football game against the Titans. This hurts, I'm going to be honest. Um, I can't sit here and pretend as though I'm surprised, you know, we, we kind of woke up this morning, everybody or Sunday morning and kind of understood the risks, uh, that were at stake. And you were hoping Miami was going to show up and be ready to play. And I don't know if it was the weather. I don't know if it was emotional letdown. I don't know if it was the short week. They were not the better football team today. But you came into this football game and you saw pathways for Miami to potentially win the game. None of them went right. They lost the field position battle. Michael Polardi could be cut tomorrow and I'm not losing any sleep over it. I would not lose a single ounce of sleep because he uncorked a couple of stinkers early in this football game when Miami was trying to play the field position game and could not kick the ball successfully to save his life. If you're going to draft a punter, go ahead and draft a punter. But I'm tired of special teams in this regard being Jekyll and Hyde, which is what we've got. So special teams let you down. Defensively, oh Tennessee, they ran the ball pretty consistently. Elan and Roberts had the big run stuff, got everybody excited on fourth down. Um, Later in the game, not so much. Over pursues, can't scrape back, can't work back, gives up a big explosive play. Javon Holland trying to make a play down the low red zone, completely abandons his coverage on tight end, touchdown Titans. Defense lets you down, and they got worn out. And the offense couldn't do anything. So this you were outclassed in all phases. And it's it's kind of because of that that I don't even want to rest in peace to the USS Dolphins, Miami Dolphins-Face playoffs because that ship is not leaving the harbor. But uh, as mentioned, there's uh, there's a number of things that I'm continuing to be excited for in, tomorrow, in this weekend's game upcoming. And we on this show are going to begin the evaluation process. And I've tried to, uh, when we were hurting in the midst of the seven-game losing streak, we went through quite a bit of evaluation of the roster. Now that the season has reached the end, and we have one more game to play, and I get that, and we will do our due diligence with the Patriots, um, but we need to to start looking at coaching staff, roster, personnel, player personnel, and, and front office. Let's rebegin that evaluation process and let's start now that we have the full season's worth of data points. Let's go back and explore and ask those questions with the full sample size and picture. We did the roster evaluation at the midway point of the season. We're gonna break it back out. We're gonna go back through it again, because we need to reinspect. There's been new players, Duke Johnson and Philip Lindsay. Uh, we need to reevaluate these offensive linemen. We need to reevaluate Tua Tangavaloa. I will say the defense uh, has a lot of pieces to work with. And again, I know you guys don't want to sit here and listen to consolation prizes and silver lining in the midst of losing by 31 points, and getting your ass kicked in week 17 on the road. But I do look at the big picture. And I had seen one of the guys on the beat had mentioned, you know, 2018 end of the day Dolphins made dramatic changes to the organization because they were trying to break the cycle of winning 6 7 or 8 games a season. Um to which I'd say you'd be lucky to to win 8 games. Uh, over that final couple of years stretch there with Adam Gase Sands, the 10-win season, and uh, the end of the Joe Philbin era. But if you look at the big picture of where this football team is at, number one in salary cap spending at this point in time. You have extra draft assets at your disposal, courtesy of the Jalen Waddell trade back from 3 to 12 and then back to 6. You have an extra first-round pick in 2023. You got a lot of young cornerstone type pieces on your roster. More so on the off defensive side of the ball than on the Dolphins side of the ball. But nevertheless, I mean, let's go through it. Defensively, we've seen a phenomenal amount of growth from Christian Wilkins. Enough so that I'd consider him a cornerstone on defense. Your nose tackle, Raquan Davis, has been very good. Zach Sealer, very good. Emmanuel Agba. It's been reported the Dolphins wanted to wait and see how this season played out before they gave a contract extension. Well, be prepared to pay him a couple extra more million dollars, but at the same time, he shouldn't be going anywhere. He's been excellent for Miami. Jerome Baker, living up to the contract that he was paid this offseason. Recently acquired players, a young cornerstone. Jalen Phillips, Brandon Jones, Javon Holland, you got to figure out who you're keeping in the cornerback room. you got a lot of money invested there. I think you can make a reasonable case to bring them both back. You can bring the whole defense back, realistically, with the exception of hopefully not Elan and Roberts as your starting Mike. And I'd like to have him on the roster just as a special teams guy. Offensively, Robert Hunt at guard has been excellent. You need to figure out what you're doing with Mike Kisecki. Michael Dieter has played well. When he's been on the field, Jalen Waddle, obviously a revelation. You look at the last two draft classes, Javon Holland in the second round, Brandon Jones in the third round, Jalen Phillips in the first round, Raekwon Davis in the second round, Jalen Waddle in the first round, Robert Hunt in the second round. Like Of the players we just made, and that's not even mentioned the players, we don't know what they're going to become yet. So take all that extra draft capital at your disposal and the most amount of salary cap space of any team in the NFL. You're going to have a lot to work with, and we're going to be very busy on this podcast talking about and exploring what the options are and where you need to go and what you need to do. And this week and next week is going to be dedicated towards looking to the coaches and exploring alternatives and deciding, do we want to make a change? We shouldn't make a change just for the sake of making a change without having a better solution proposed. So we'll have to look into what the options are. But Dolphins fans, team didn't come out with a lot of gas on Sunday against the Titans. But if you buy gas... You need to know about our friends over at GetUpside. Listeners of this show are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas. Every time they fill up, just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. And use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up that's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price to the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. People who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift cards such as Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Promo code TOUCHDOWN. Get Upside. I hope I've done you guys justice with this show. This was not an easy one to boot up and work our way through. Uh, I am much like... Probably a lot of you, frustrated, I wanna say heartbroken, disappointed, feel like we're stuck, but I'm looking objectively at the big picture. And there has been in, incremental progress. And I think when we all saw the team start one and seven, if you would have told us we would have got to eight and seven and one seven in a row, we'd have been tinkled, tickled pink with that proposition, right? Now, I understand we're not playing games to to finish eight and seven, eight and nine, nine and eight. And we should have higher expectations for that. And the best thing that I can do is work through with you guys what our options are and try to understand and anticipate what direction the Dolphins are going to choose to go. And then that way, when they choose to make those decisions, we could talk about what the vision is. And we can talk about what the risks are and we can talk about what the rewards are. Um. This has been a fun ride of a season. This has been a fun two month stretch. The dolphins did not lose in November or December. You know, in trying to stay objective, you got outclassed on Sunday by a team that was the number that is now going into the final week of the regular season, the number one seed in the AFC. And you look at how they've played against that team in Western New York. You look at how they played against Tennessee. And those teams where they're at in the AFC standings right now. It paints a clear picture that Miami still has a ways to go. Uh, This was always going to be a a big process. Um, But as I said in the first segment today, I am going to be watching very closely. To see if this team packs it up and goes home for the year and goes through the motions on Sunday or if they're going to come to play and if they have pride in what they're doing because I I still have pride in being a Dolphins fan. It might not feel like I'm going to wake up on Monday morning and have pride to have my office decked out in dolphin stuff left and right. Did a big remodel this weekend was super pumped about it. And unfortunately not going to do any drinking videos with it this week uh, because we didn't get the win. But I have a lot of pride in being a dolphins fan. And I have a lot of pride in the way the last two months have gone. Because when we were one in seven, I was sitting here talking about evaluating coaching staffs and making sweeping changes through this organization. I don't think that's necessary. I know it feels necessary because we're finding ourselves in the same exact shoes we found ourselves in last year and have found ourselves in so many years before. I get it. But I hope you guys stick this out with me because I'm going to give you everything I have because I still love the team and I still have the pride in being a Dolphins fan that I'm going to want to get it right. And I certainly wish things would have gone differently on Sunday, but they didn't. That's going to do it for uh, today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. Hope you guys uh, found some solace or comfort or enjoyment out of talking a little Dolphins football with me for about 30 minutes. Uh, Fin's up. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. We're going to be back. We got a full week ahead of us. Uh, I am still at this point in time planning on, Heading down to to Miami this weekend uh, for Dolphins Patriots. And uh, yeah, keep your heads up. And we got a busy off season ahead of us. We got a lot of great content to explore where this team goes from here. And we're going to be there with you every step of the way. Thanks as always for listening. I'm Kyle Krabs. Talk to you guys tomorrow.